Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content. As always, I'm Nikesh Raghani, BBC commentator alongside my co-host, Sarah Waris of Wisden. And we join you off the back of a very disappointing couple of ODI games in Bangladesh for the Indian men's team. Two matches, two defeats, two embarrassing defeats as well. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's getting beyond a joke now, India's white ball cricket, not just because of the T20 World Cup exit at the semi-final stage, which the outside world might consider you know, not a bad yeah. result. You know, anything can happen in knockout matches. They got through to the semis. There were two matches away from potentially winning it. But the the problems are deeper than that. And I almost think that it's a good thing that India have gone to Bangladesh and lost these two matches because they almost won both of them from very difficult situations. The first match, you know, just not enough runs on the board. How can you score 180-odd in an ODI these days and expect to win. You can't. They almost did. They got Bangladesh nine down with 50 required to win. You know, I love Team India more than anyone in the world. But I think for the long-term good of the game, it's almost Mm. good that they they lost that first one because all those problems would have been swept under the carpet. And the same, Sarah, with the second one. Roy Sharma's heroics at the end coming in with his dislocated thumb and, you know, really heroic effort to come out there. Beautiful innings from him down at number nine. But in the end, they they fell short once again. And it's the same old problems. Top order batting, Hmm. can't clean up the tail with the ball. Will this story ever change? You are talking about um, that, you know, this should be an eye-opener for them. Will it really be an eye-opener for them? Or are they, you know, too uh, sucked in their ego that they are going to be like, okay, yeah, we nearly won and all's fine and everything. You never know with Indian cricket. is just, you know, just too much, uh, too egoistic. The, uh, like, you know, we are the richest board. We are fine off as it is. But the, since the Asia Cup, before the Asia Cup right now, like looking back, I can't even imagine. I said that, you know, Asia Cup India is going to have a very comfortable victory. You know, things were so rosy back then and within a couple of months, it's just changed so much that pe- I'm not dreading the 2023 World Cup because if things don't change now, uh, 2023 World Cup, even though you say that it's eight, nine months away, there are just a couple, um, not couple, but there are very few matches left. And there are just so many answers that we are looking for. How How is that going to even be possible? Like, who are the 20, 25 players? Who, are, who is the first choice people in your squad? Till a few years ago, before any world event, we could all, you know, just sit down and make a list of 15, at least 20, 25 players who would, not even 25, like 20 players, we would know that, you know, these are in your f- squad and a few of them would be unfortunate to miss out. Right now, we 
have around 30 players lurking in the scene a few of them maybe five of them the kohlis and the rohit sharmas and the bumrahs they are fix, uh, hardik pandyas they are fixed in your odi team but there are just so many options and who is like you don't know who is your first choice uh, player like who is your first choice team you don't know that with 8 9 months to go which is just you know scary as an indian cricket fan I mean look it's it's not unusual for teams to go to Bangladesh and lose ODI series they've won 12 mm-hmm. out of their last 13 series at home the only loss was against England and we've seen how good they are in white ball cricket they've beaten everybody they've beaten India twice now um they've beaten mm-hmm. Pakistan they've beaten Sri Lanka they've beaten uh, Australia you know they've you name it they they win these ODI series against everybody at home so they know the conditions and they're very strong in front of their home crowd they're a much improved side in home conditions over the last few years and and you have to give huge respect to them for that but you're talking here about an india side where just a year 18 months maybe 2 years ago the whole world was reveling at the amount of talent the strength in depth that india have got i mean that's turning out to be a bit of a problem as well isn't it because mm. a lot of the the fringe players are not getting their opportunities on the biggest stage in the biggest series and the biggest tournaments you know world cups and things because the so-called superstars are, are still there and they hold on to their places there's almost like a, a generation that's not going to get to play enough international cricket just because there's these so-called superstars ahead of them so there's that but then even if you do put everybody into the mix it's difficult to come up with that correct combination it shouldn't be that difficult but they seem to be finding it difficult to come up with the right combination but ultimately so they they just keep going back to what they know best and mm. what they feel secure with it's 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 so frustrating from what we see shikhar dhawan rohit sharma virat kohli top of the order mm. i mean the only one that they've not scored a 100 since 2020 yeah the top 3 there you yeah. go right but then they have the odd 50 partnership or whatever and then that stat comes mm. on the screen doesn't it of best yeah. partnerships in odi history in terms of runs scored and shikhar and rohit are there in the top 4 5 so you know when you see the names around them as well you see ganguly and tendulkar and you see greenwich and haynes and you see hayden and gilchrist and all these guys up there people all of a sudden think well actually yeah, yeah another 50 partnership these two are great together let's just keep going on and on you know for <laughs> until they drop almost um but you've got to look at shikhar dhawan we've talked about his stats strike rate of 75 in the last year hasn't been scoring runs just doesn't look he looks a shadow of his former self and mm. he's getting on in years as well is he the right man to lead india at the top of the order in that in that world cup in 2023 probably not at the moment but they just seem so safe with these guys that's the problem yeah yeah a few uh, podcasts earlier while when they had picked chami we had spoken at length about you know just bringing in just be bold when you're going into a world event it might backfire but at least you'd have tried something and it would have backfired then yesterday i tweeted something that you know depth, depth is not an issue the commentators were saying that uh, umran malik yesterday he started off well in the end gave away a few runs but started off well he wasn't even in the squad uh 
he came in as a replacement for Shami, who was injured, and then Umran Malik came in and had a decent game yesterday. So the commentators were like, "Wow, you know, India's depth is so amazing, and the bench strength is so strong." That's never been an issue with the Indian team. The issue is, you know, identifying them and just giving them a longer rope. If you just look at the example of Shubman Gill, why is he not there in Bangladesh team, like uh, Bangladesh squad? What? Has he done wrong? He he's been in f- fantastic form this year. Are you saying that he deserves to be rested? I don't see why someone so young, uh, early twenties, needs to be rested. You know, with just a few months to go for the World Cup. And also, what I think is, you know, with so much of changes and you know rest, uh, like every alternate series, there's a whole different squad that's playing. With that, what's happening is that the players who are playing, they are more interested in cementing their places in the team rather than, you know, just being like, okay, this is the squad and this is my role and there's a clarity in my role. So someone like a Shikhar Dhawan, probably I'm not saying that he is doing that. Uh, age is catching up with him and all that. But, you know, he knows that someone like a Gil is around the corner. So probably he's just looking at uh, making runs and not the strike rate. And, you know... Just looking at cementing his place in the team and edging out Gill, and this can be happening with a lot of other players as well. You look at the fast bowling department; there are so many players there, but not a fixed like who is your fast bowling. If you tell me who are the your top five uh, fast bowlers who are going to play in the twenty twenty three World Cup, we don't know that because it can just totally change. Kuldeep Sen played one match; he made his debut, and the next match he's dropped. At least give him a longer rope, like. Uh, it's just right now it's just getting so bizarre and one more thing I don't know if you've noticed that um, a press conference after the first match Rohit Sharma was asked that uh, something about the 2023 World Cup and the preparations for it and his answer was there are still 8-9 months to go for it and we're not thinking too far ahead which is just bizarre to me because Dhoni after 2011 he had said that you know just after the 2011 World Cup which India won the preparations for 2015 began and so they eased out Harbhajan Singh they eased out the likes of Sehwag they are upset now they keep on saying that you know we didn't do anything wrong we were eased out but Dhoni said that you know our preparation began right then and with eight nine months to go Rohit Sharma is like we don't have a squad yet Uh, like we don't we are not thinking too far ahead, which is just bizarre to me. And if you see someone like England, England, you know, they were so desperate after 2015. They even got, they were so desperate. They got in Archer. They cleared his participation for them before the World Cup. They gave him a chance and all that. So uh, is India team lacking that desperation or whatever it is? Just It's just bizarre right now. Man, you talk about Archer there with England. That That was the final piece of the puzzle really they all the rest of the plans were already in place and they could have potentially won that world cup without archer the way they were playing and beating everybody else Mm -hmm. in the years before that as well but yeah just just that real fine detail which is lacking from india at the moment i I just want to ask you something before we go for a short break Royit Sharma coming in at number nine. Of course, he had a broken thumb, or not broken thumb, thankfully, actually. The this, this first scan revealed no fracture. So it's dislocated. It's obviously bruised and battered. And there's doubts about him and his participation now in the test series in Bangladesh, which is probably a bigger blow than him missing these white ball bilateral series at the moment. But the way he played 
Almost. I mean, it was almost like a nothing to lose situation anyway. So he had that freedom. But for years, Royit Sharma was playing in the middle order for India. When he first came into the side, there wasn't a slot for him at the top of the order. He came in in the middle. He was a bit on and off. We saw flashes of brilliance. And then we saw him, you know, almost quite often race to these 20s and 30s and get it, you know, out in a really stupid freak kind of way, just playing one too many shots. Um, he's obviously matured since then, but just given the fact that he's going to be the captain going into the next World Cup, he's got a lot of pressure on him. There are a lot of capable batters in India, potentially top order batters, more so than middle order batters. Could he drop down and, and play that finisher's role? Because he played it brilliantly in that second ODI. Yeah. And look, it was it, the game was lost and he took India so close, single-handedly, really. I know there were a couple of partnerships and stuff, and, you know, Akshar Patel played brilliantly as well with uh, Shreyas Iyer before that. But right there at the end, it was Rohit Sharma against the world, and he almost did it. And this is a man who might have been a bit angry because of the injury that he suffered and, like, the wounded tiger or whatever. But there were shades of, like, Anil Kumble as well, him just coming out, being so mm. brave. And, you know, when Anil Kumble bowled with that broken jaw in the West Indies, you know, so gallantly. Shades of that as well. So real bravery anyway, which is great to see. But just the fact that he, he, he finishes pretty well by the looks of it. Should he be dropped down? Should he drop himself down to the middle order? That would solve a big problem. Yeah, there was a tongue-in-cheek tweet from a colleague of mine yesterday at Wisden who was like, you know, did Dhoni actually ruin Roy Sharma's career by making him an opener, obviously, tongue-in-cheek. But yeah, I don't want any more like castles in the Indian team right now. If Roy Sharma drops down the order, a lot of mess is again going to be created. So we already have a lot of issues to solve for right now. It's fine if he's padding up the order because one less headache for them because, yeah. Fair enough. Right, we'll, we'll take a short break and then we'll just, uh, off the back of that, discuss uh, if India playing too much cricket is the real problem. Hi, I'm Mark Machado, broadcaster and Sri Lankan cricket fan. Every week, Estelle Vazu, Devon and myself will drop several episodes of Sri Lanka on 99.94, keeping you up to date on the latest from the Sri Lankan cricketing world. If you want to know what Hasaranga is up to, where Chabri Athapattu scored her runs, or what Naroshan Dikwala has been discussing behind the stumps, then make sure to watch or listen to Sri Lanka on 99.94. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on the 99. 9.94 app. Join the Shrunken Crooked Conversation and get involved. So this, the series is gone. Um, I mean, look, I don't know if there's as much interest in, in this series um, over in India. You, you can tell me, Sarah, are people excited about, were people excited ahead of the Bangladesh series and even the New Zealand series or, or is it are fans even getting a bit bored now? No one was excited for Bangladesh series. I don't think half of them even saw the New Zealand series. Bangladesh series, now they are like, uh, they have opened up to the series because of the series defeat. But if they had would have won, it would have been like, yeah, okay, they won just a routine series. So you're right, there is too much of cricket going on. And what is the solution for that? Like, do you think, how can the Indian team tackle that going forward? Don't play as much cricket. I mean, look, India 
have been accused, the BCCI has been accused so often in the past of wielding its power, flexing its muscles in world cricket and all that kind of stuff. The truth of the matter is that, you know, for for like, you know, until probably Kerry Packer came up with the World Series, like from the entire history of cricket before that was ruled by England and they had all the power and they call Lords the home of cricket. I mean, Dubai's the home of cricket now, isn't it? That's where the ICC headquarters is, right? It's not Lords anymore. It's not the ECB and the MCC and all these guys who have the power anymore. So that changed. Then Australia kind of had a bit of a, a sort of powerful period in terms of the economics of the game. They might not have been the best mm-hmm. side. It was the West Indies, of course, through the late 70s into the mid-90s, early 90s, and then Australia in terms of playing. But in terms of the politics and the the power and the money, it was all Australia, really. You know, a tour to Australia would be very beneficial financially for any team mm-hmm. because of the interest of, you know, the TV rights and all that kind of stuff over there. The day-night cricket, of course, came into it with Kerry Packer and all that. And then since the IPL or maybe just before the IPL, it's been all India, hasn't it? I mean, through the 90s, there was that boom with Tendulkar and all the sponsors getting on board with Indian cricket and night cricket. And they must have played so much ODI cricket in in that decade. They hardly played a test match, really, did they, for, for the entire 90s? You know, there was the odd two test series, three test series here and there. But it was kind of, you know, just before the IPO, into the 2000s and mid-2000s, and India really started to wield that power. So it comes in cycles. It, it, you know, it might be the case that the power goes back to somebody else in years to come. It probably won't because of India's population and, you know, everything else that, that goes before it and, and the economics of it all. But look, India's got the power now, but it's almost like they're the charity for world cricket because... <laughs> Everyone is lining up to play India. Everyone wants to play India. Mm. Pakistan have been begging to play India for for a long time. And we would love to see that happen, but because of politics, it won't. But the fact they keep asking the question, almost begging, really, what Rami's Raja came in and he wanted that quadrangular series with India and Australia and England. And the fact that India would be there would obviously make them a lot of money because of TV rights. So... India are almost giving out freebies to everybody, just as handouts, like New Zealand are coming to India. India have been to New Zealand in such a short space of time. Meaningless bilateral series, really. I know they have to get some of these ODIs in for the other teams to be able to, you know, line up in that championship table ahead of the the World Cup and all that. India, of course, have already qualified. Um, But they just, like this tour to Bangladesh and then, you know, New Zealand coming and then Sri Lanka coming to India, you know, almost straight after the new year. And obviously Australia are coming. That's that's the big tour, you would say, which is one of those scheduled in tours, four test matches, Border Gavaska Trophy, the iconic series, which, you know, has to be played every four years in, you know, each country. So every two years they do play each other. So that's fine. Um, but there's just too much of this meaningless white ball cricket mm. And they just need to take a step back. And I think India are almost being too nice in terms of, you know, the, the fact that they're so powerful and so rich. And, and you know, the, there's so much value attached to this Indian cricket team that everyone wants to play them. Yeah, but you've got to almost take a step back and say, well, hang on, we, we just can't do that because our cricket is suffering at the end of the day. And there's not only all that, Sarah, the schedules come out now. 
So Sri Lanka come yeah. straight off. The, I mean, they're, they're in Bangladesh right now, by the way, and they've still got, you know, an ODI and two tests to play. So that's going to take a lot out of uh, a lot of those players. Then there's obviously Christmas time and then straight off the back of um, New Year's mm-hmm. on the 3rd of January, Sri Lanka come, then New Zealand yeah. come, then Australia come and the Australia tour is very long. Mm. Then it's the IPL. Yeah. <laughs> when do yeah. these players get a time to rest? Yeah. Um, your points were fair, you know, about all true points, BCCI should step back, but is that really going to happen? Like, for that might be, you know, they are making money off it and all of that. So do you really think that that is what the BCCI is going to do? Because no matter what, Indian cricket, any Indian cricket match still gets in money, still gets in revenue, still has crores of people watching we crores like not even thousands billions of people are watching uh, an Indian cricket team play and why though know, just, why Sarah because yeah because India have, have you know always been fairly successful even like when they weren't hmm. dominating world cricket like we talked before the Dhoni era and you know even when Ganguly came in they started hmm. winning a little bit more consistently even before that they always had a, they had star players, like when the whole TV yeah. boom came in, Sachin was there and he was the golden boy and that carried on for so many years. So that was mm-hmm. a big reason people want to see Sachin bat. And it, when he gets out, often a lot of people tuned out. Then there became the the sort of the, the big three with Dravid and Ganguly. And, and then all these stars started to come into it. So there was that star power and there was the fact that India could compete. And obviously cricket's the, the national sport now um, and and all that kind of stuff. But do they want to see a team that doesn't know what it's doing, can't perform at ICC tournaments, just bottles it, gets it wrong with combination, selection, all that kind of stuff? Uh, are the Indian viewing public not now waking up to these kind of things where yeah. you mentioned it before, not many people cared about New Zealand, not many mm. people care about Bangladesh, particularly if India just went and won the series. It's only a story now because India haven't won. But then because they haven't won, do you want to watch this side losing to Bangladesh? Yeah. Do, do people really want to see all that? Why would you want yeah. to? I mean, all right, World Cup's on. Everyone watches the World Cup because there's a hope that you might win it. Hmm. But who wants to watch a losing side? Surely the BCCI have to get this side winning. And the best way to do that is put in a plan where these players aren't burnt out. Or you pick different players for different is- formats. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly my plan. Like T20Is, ODIs. Like if you go through the schedule, there is adequate time between ODI series and T20I series. So just pick different squads. That's what I have been saying again and again. So this test match ends uh, last week of December. The T20Is begins from 3rd January till 7th January. Uh and the ODI is from 10 January. So that would give the players around 14. I know it's not long enough, but okay, even if they want to rest, uh, rest the Sri Lanka series, which I don't think they should because, you know, with the World Cup coming, there are not a lot of ODIs. But the likes of KL Rahul and the Virat Kohli's and all, they don't have to play the T20Is anymore. Like, it's just easy. Like, if you make a separate T20I team, a separate ODI team, I think that will not only give the players a little bit of uh, security about their places, but more there'll be more team unity, and you might you never know, you know, that the winning 
factor might come back and people might be interested to watch these youngsters doing well so that's what i've been saying for a long time just make different squads after that you know there are the odis against new zealand and then the odi players will get adequate rest before the test series begins because a lot of odi players are in the test squad so they don't have to play the t20is just make a different t20i squad all together and just stick with them for the 2024 world cup you know it shouldn't be the case where you know the likes of sanju samsons i don't know if he's going to play also or not but i'm just saying you know the likes of sanju samsons he is in the t20i team then just make a he's not in your odi plans i don't see him in odi plans right now then just stick with him in t20is and go with the same like bunch of players for the 2024 world cup also and i don't think that's going to be too hard or you know with so much of cricket being played you have to uh, find answers to how you're going to tackle this and this is something which england are also doing you know they also play a lot of cricket but they have like different squads and uh, very few players play all three formats so this is what the indian team i think going forward should also do that and the fact that this is still not happening is uh, what is the bcci thinking and yeah the, after the test series they'll get uh, they'll get a very short break before the odis begin so the odi series ends on 22nd march i don't think the test players are going to play the odi series but then again you know so the they'll play the entire test series and then the odis are there so will the like the kohlis and the rohit sharmas not play the odi series but then you know with the 2023 world cup they should play the odi series so yeah the schedule is a mess but what they can control like right now obviously not make such weird schedules but also just have different squads and just stick with it i think that's one easy answer and the ipl is going to begin not soon after and 22nd march the odi is ends and i'm assuming a couple of days later the ipl will begin so yeah hectic and just one question like do you think the ipl of course it's given us a lot of positives in the end is doing a lot more harm to indian cricket i know it's a very controversial topic and all but i think it's a little different look the Yeah. I I love the IPL as as a lot of people do and it gives me great joy to be able to work on it every year you know commentating on the games for the BBC so you know I love it from that aspect but in terms of Indian cricket you're right it it just mm-hmm. it's a great tournament but does it need to be going on this long I mean there's now 10 teams it's going to be longer it's going to become longer yeah. it's probably going to become a 3 month tournament and you know it's it's just too much isn't it because how can you schedule yeah. all this other international cricket around it because then you've only got 9 months of the year difficult one difficult one and and you're right look england great example the i think the only guy i can think of who consistently plays all three formats of cricket is mark wood and he's always injured so that shows you yeah. what it does yeah. <laughs> but apart from that you know they they're winning in test cricket yeah. they're winning in white ball cricket that that as much as it might hurt the ego and the pride of indians and the bcci mm. to look at england and say that they're the benchmark unfortunately they are right now it's not the aussies anymore it's england be like england that's the answer right 
yeah even australia actually they have totally different squads like yeah. i think they were playing a test series in pakistan and the entire d- different but a strong team was playing in sri lanka it wasn't a b team or whatever in any aspect so why can't india do the same absolutely and in the aussies have copied england as well so they've eaten their yeah. their pride and ego to to do that as well right enough chat about the men we could be all day here uh, discussing that, getting quite depressed about it as well. Um, attention turns to the women after this short break as they prepare to take on Australia. I'm Neil Manthorpe, one half of South Africa on 99.94 with Lungani Zama. We're covering the Rainbow Nation as it undergoes its biggest transition since readmission. We cover every part of the South African game on 99.94 and you can hear us several times a week where you find your podcasts or on YouTube. So India's women finally back in action, Sarah. You see, this is the difference, isn't it? India's men just play all the time, 12 months a year. India's women, there's massive gaps between their series. But Australia have arrived in India and this is all set up to be uh, an exciting series. Australia got a couple of players missing, of course. India have, have ran them close, both in Australia, at major tournaments. They've had their moments where they could have, you know, won those finals in the Commonwealth, in the T20 World Cup. They obviously beat them in the uh, ODI World Cup uh, in England, famously, um, in 2017 as well. So they've, they've had their moments against this Australian side. Is now the time where you think they can go on and win the series and, and make a real sort of mark on world cricket? I hope they can because uh, matches are in Mumbai, free entry for for the public. Uh, So I just hope that um, many people can go in and if they can win a series against the world champions, it's just going to, you know, do huge things for women's cricket. I know the IPL has been announced, the teams, who are the teams, we still don't know it, typical BCCI behaviour. But... If they can win, you know, it's just going to be uh, at home, especially with people watching. It's, it's going to be a huge uh, occasion for them. And uh, just one more thing, like Shafali and Richa Ghosh are not in the squad for... Um, they are in the squad, but they're missing the last few T20Is because they are in the under-19 World Cup squad. Uh, it has got a lot of criticism because the two have a total match um, like they've played 111 matches together so there's a lot of criticism about you know uh, the senior pros playing in age group cricket and all I don't know what you feel about that but I am totally in favor of it so are you against it in favor of it? it's, it's obviously not against the rules which is why they're doing yeah. it I, th- I don't think you're allowed to do that in men's cricket though once you've played a full international I don't think you're or it's just not the done thing anyway. I'm not sure what the exact rules yeah. are in men's cricket. I think Saudis played uh, international before. Uh, okay. Oh, under so 19, obviously you are allowed, but it's just not the yeah. done thing. Um, and I think, to be honest, I think rightly so. I think once you've played full international mm-hmm. cricket, especially, you know, not just had one cap or a couple of caps here and there. Once you've played as much as they have, they're integral me- members of this side. Shafali's, you know, burst onto the world scene. She's a permanent fixture across all formats. Richard Gosh, another one as well, who's really come into it in the last uh, 12, 18 months as a, you know, real consistent member of every squad. And for then them to go and play in the under-19 World Cup is 
it's not fair on not just the other sides because you, you go in a tournament to win, but it's not fair necessarily that mm. they're taking up two places for for other girls that yeah. could be other under nineteen cricketers from India who could potentially take those places and and get that exposure to a big tournament. And then these other two that might miss out could be mm. now eighteen years old, and by the next one they're twenty, and they're not going to be eligible. So yeah. that could ruin the development of other players as well. So I think that's the reason why it's not done. Raul Dravid came up with a, mm. a great rule for the, uh, the the boys under 19s where if you play in one World Cup, you can't play in another. So there's even that because of the amount of talent that there is in India as well, that even if you're 14 and you play in an under 19 World Cup, that's it, you're done. By by the next that one, that was also to remove age fraud in age, age fraud as well. There yeah. there was that, mm. um, but you know he he did sort of make the point that it was also because yeah. you should then if you're good enough to play under nineteen World Cup at that age, whatever age you are, you might be sixteen mm. for example, right? Then by the time you're eighteen and the next World Cup comes around, mm. you should have really developed into first class cricket and and knocking on the door of either the international yeah. team or the India A side or you know IPL teams or whatever. So you should have developed from then anyway. And if you haven't, then you're probably not good enough anyway. So there mm. there is that as well. So look, I don't agree with it, but good luck to them. And it gives certainly gives India yeah. a great chance of of yeah. winning that World Cup with with Th- two gun players. That's there. exactly. Yeah, that's exactly, uh, I am conflicted about this, but I am a little in favor of it because I'm like, um, the Indian women's team, they need a, they need a trophy just to change, hopefully the attitude or like the attitude of the BCCI towards them or whatever it is. And if the presence of Shafali and Richard does that, then good for them, like, because while we are comparing, a lot of people have said that, you know, Dravid's quotes about how the under-19 is a op- uh, platform for exposure, etc., etc. While that is true, that is a little applicable for the men's sport, I think. And for the women's, it's like um, y- losing somehow is not an option for them because all, all, all of this, you know, lax attitude of the administrators are, despite the women's team doing so well in the last two years, they've been more consistent in world events than the men's team, you can say. So despite that, you know, they're just given secondhand treatment and a title or trophy is, can change so much, uh, especially, you know, if it helps, helps in developing the uh, grassroots levels and all. So I can see both sides to it, but uh, like while I, I see the positives also and uh, I'm like, it's not the worst move to have Shafali and Richa if it increases India's chances of winning and hopefully there is, you know, a growth, uh, even 1% growth in women's cricket because, because of that trophy. So that's my two pence on it. Yeah, absolutely. No, understood. And uh, good luck to both of them, uh, both with uh, the India women's senior team first against Australia and then uh, heading into that Under-19 World Cup yeah. as well. We wish them uh, all the best of luck. Right, that's all we've got time for on this episode. Thank you very much for joining us and we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Nikesh Rugani and at Swaris16. Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. 
Cricket every day, your way. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.